Should I start with the intro music or should we just? I, I like to switch it up every now and then. If you want to switch it up now and then, what the hell are you asking me for, man? God dang, you putting too much pressure on me, man. Eh, whatever. are now listening to the duo sports and stuff podcast here are your hosts deontay epps and dane beasley welcome to episode 43 of the duo sports and stuff podcast my name is deontay epps that guy breaking it down over there my brother dane beasley my guy my brother my friend my ace how you doing today man Doing pretty well on this gloomy Monday for the viewers. We just pretend it's Tuesday, but we got some rain outside, so hopefully that isn't a part into our recording sesh. Like a typical Monday, like gloomy, and it was like 90 degrees earlier, and now it's like cloudy outside. So typical summer slash spring weather, spring now, you know. This Texas, this is Texas in its finest right now. Only thing we're missing is, I don't know, some sort of snow or ice later on in the week. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, before we get into the rundown of what we're going to talk about on today's podcast, like to say first, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star and a review. It will really help us get our podcast to the listeners there. Or as Bamani Jones says on this podcast, if you give us anything more than or less than five stars, I am inclined to believe that you are. Hey, I love, <laughs> love it. Every time. His rolls off his tongue every time he says it. Oh, yeah, man. But um, yeah, do that for us. It really help us out on the podcast. Um, today, of course, we are talking about the NFL draft. It is the Monday after the NFL draft this weekend in Cleveland. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the big names of round one, of course. And then, of course, we're going to bring back the uh, general homeboy segment with our guy, Dane. And he's going to break down different certain things like that. Okay. Uh, a little bit about the crypto coming into effect with some NFL players, some cryptocurrency for you guys out there that are into that. Cryptic tweets. Um, cryptic tweet, cryptic everything. And we're going to talk about a little HBCU stuff. Shaquille O'Neal's son committed to Texas Southern. We'll talk oh. a little bit about that as well as maybe some influence from Deion Sanders, some of those guys that are coaching in the HBCU ranks. Maybe another big name that is coming to the HBCU coaching circles. And then, of course, we'll end it talking about our favorite, favorite, Marvel MCU, they dropped a sizzle trailer um, detailing some things that we can expect in phase four. And yeah, man. So that is on the rundown. First, Dane, I like to congratulate. You know, the, the, the job is not done. Oh, no. I always get on here and talk about my Baylor Bears, man. But your alum, Sam Houston State Bearcats, put in work this weekend, man. How, how kind of tell the listeners, you know, how you're feeling this weekend? Um, on the edge of my seat, uh, it's already as if it already isn't bad enough being a Cowboys fan. It's very uh, up and down roller coaster like game, and of course, as all amazing, fantastic storybook finishes goes in terms of playoff games, it, the game was won in the final seconds uh, of the fourth quarter. So, hats off to Bearcat Nation, all the ballers on defense for not you know giving up any touchdowns, and, and you know, bro. There, there's, there was, there was, you know, there were some points put up on the board, obviously, but the defense doing what they did um, is impressive, especially considering our history, our troubled um, and painful history with North Dakota State. So we appreciate every, or I appreciate them for putting it all out there, and of course the student athletes right now, of course, in the midst of COVID. Just really, really special uh, that they're able to come together the way that they did, and um, yeah. So we, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for what else is in store. I'm, 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 I'm riding along with them. Like you strapping on the pass next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, hope not. I, I didn't, get, I didn't get <laughs> catch the whole game, but I did catch the last series when mm-hmm. the defense got that last stop, which uh, very impressive. 
There's yeah. a couple of Central Texas cats that are going to Sam Houston. I know a local cat from the coach I used to – or coach – the uh, school I used to coach at, Waco Connolly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Gaither, he's going there to play DB, but he was like, Connolly's everything. Um, but to see Sam Houston do so well, they've been to the, the, the championship game before, correct? Didn't you- Twice. I think two or three times. I did not go, but I – yeah, I should have went. Well, no, no. <laughs> no, nah. at the time I was, yeah, at the time I was still a Poe college student. So that drive, you know, even though, it, you know, it's, it's still in the state of Texas, a few hours away from Huntsville, not a few hours, three or four hours away and up in Frisco. Um, but I, I had the opportunity to go, but I, of course I stayed back and ended up watching it with my Sam fam, but um, they've been a few times, of course, they've come up short a number of times, but Hopefully this year brings different results, but these uh these new kids, man, they just I don't know. I never thought I'd be in the position to say as an older person, like man, these I don't know what's in the water with these new guys, but they're ballers. So I think the, the same sentiments with these guys, um, as we heard it all the time when we were coming up. Well, I don't know what's in the water with you guys, but you know we're doing main thing amazing things. But now seeing them doing what they're doing and carry on that torch, um, if playoff home playoff success is is pretty dope. So. Eat them up, cats. Let's get it. So, shout out to the Bearcats. And this weekend, they have another game at home, correct? Against James Madison? I believe so. I'd have to, it's been a wild I, I believe 48 I, hours. But yeah, correct. Yeah. Listeners, if we're wrong, but I think they play again this Saturday semifinals in Huntsville against James Madison on ABC, which is pretty, pretty cool um, to get this national exposure. I know COVID mm-hmm. like, played a big role in. You know, them moving it to the spring, which kind of sucks because you got to turn around and have that fall season. But with no football going on right now and to be able to play on a nationally televised channel and get out there for Sam Houston, that's that's pretty, pretty big for them, man. So congrats to Sam Houston and good luck this Saturday. Um, But of course, this past weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we had the NFL draft in Cleveland. Man, from 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 a general standpoint, I feel like, and you can correct me. Maybe I don't know. I'm just now noticing it today, or with this year's draft, it seemed like all the fans that I follow, like of different teams on social media, Twitter, Facebook, our friends. It seems like everybody was kind of satisfied with the selections their teams made. Um, did you kind of get a glimpse of everybody got who they wanted or if they didn't get that exact person, somebody else that can fill a need for their team? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's fair to say that. And also just taking taking in consideration being in those shoes myself as a super fan, just knowing uh, when you get that new shiny toy and how excited you are about it. Now, these are grown-ass men. They're not toys by any means, but just the analogy. Um, <laughs> so I think for the most part, a lot of people were satisfied, uh, with the selections. And of course it's always amazing regardless of who my team picks the past few years. It's just been an amazing thing just to see televised, at least the lives of, you know, a few hundred kids, you know, just change instantly. Like boom, one moment, you know, you're, you know, eating ramen and relying on the school cafeteria. And the next moment you're multimillionaire. So it's, it's huge, but I think from a fan's point of view, there was a lot of uh, a lot to be excited about for this upcoming season. A lot, a lot. Yeah, like the bright stars of college football that we see change in the NFL. Like the NFL draft is always hyped every year, but I thoroughly enjoy it. Like sitting down on you know in front of my couch, like it's like an event every year. That you know, regardless of how you feel about. NCAA, it's always great to see college kids, you know, fulfill their dream of crossing the state or if they're at home, you know, you know, celebrating, getting that call from their team. But um, it's definitely an event for sure. And it was great to watch kind of going through the picks in the first round. Um, the, the top four kind of went as expected as far as um, maybe the first two, we'll say Trevor Lawrence going one to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson going to to the Jets. Um, of course, before the draft, there was a lot of controversy, a lot of rumors going around about the third pick for the Niners. They ended up selecting Trey Lance. Smoke screens, boy. They 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 did the dang thing. Smoke screens because they had 
everybody buzzing talking about why the hell are they going to pick Mac Jones? Like, oh, disgusting. And of course, they, you know, they hit everybody with the, <laughs> they was like, <laughs> with the, with the, with the trade. The trade, yeah, it's going number three to the Niners would probably be a pretty good fit with the Mike Shanahan or excuse me, uh, Kyle Shanahan offense with the bootleg being able to have a mobile quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't see Mac Jones going there, and you know, that's why a lot of people were being criticized or a lot of people were criticizing the Niners organization about you know what that move would do for them. But like you said, clear smoke screen by John Lynch and those guys over there. Amazing. Amazing. Got Kyle Pitts going forward to the Falcons in that offense. What do you think about that, man? That's dope as hell. Um, if you have a quarterback that you can rely on for, of course, now 17 games. Um, shout out to my, my brothers and Brads out there in Atlanta, which I have a huge problem on your hands. Like, I don't I don't know. It just seemed like the gimme there was. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know. What, from what I s- what I'm hearing, and you know, I'm not an expert, obviously, but what? You're to, not? <laughs> I am not an expert, but from what I saw that they're possibly fielding trade offers for Julio Jones. And that's been yeah. because I heard that too. mess around with the cat room. But if they somehow end up keeping Julio, that's going to be a force on offense. I don't know what they're going to do on defense, but that's going to be a force on offense. Up points all day, but um, all, um, offensively, yeah, they with Kyle Pitts, definitely a dynamic player that should put some points up. So who are you going to double team? Who, who are you going to double team? Julio, Calvin, Kai. It's like matchup problems everywhere. Tell you, I'll tell you one thing: the running back, whoever is playing running back in carries, they're going to be feasting. The running Believe back, that. Uh, Edo Smith's still there, I think. If I'm mistaken, right? So Todd Gurley's still there too? Oh yeah. Dang, I forgot about Todd. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd's there. Okay. I want to say because I like Edo Smith. Yeah, he's still with the uh he's still with the Falcons. Yeah, I like what I like what he brings to the table. So their offense is gonna be on fire. They're gonna sell a lot of tickets. Um, I don't know about the defense though, similar to the Dallas Cowboys. So here we go. A lot of uh reunions in the draft. College players reuniting with you know, their former teammates, you got uh, going five, Jamar Chase, going to the Bengals arena night with Joe Barrow, despite what some might think they might need it to get Sewell from. And Sewell, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm thinking. I mean, it's going to be a lot of quick reads, two-step two step dropbacks. <laughs> Joe, of course, seemed very happy, obviously, to be oh, yeah. with his teammate. Uh, Jayla Waddle, obviously, going to the Dolphins, reuniting with Tua. Uh, and then Devontae Smith trading with or trading up to the, the Philadelphia Eagles trading up the Cowboys spot. And you're already shaking your head to, to select Devontae Smith. First thing that was going through your head, Dane, because one, you immediately text me after the ninth pick because my Broncos selected uh, PS2 Patrick Sertan the second. And so you're upset about that. Oh, yeah. Um, there was some, there was some uh, an exchange of some. Uh, Ex- explicit languages. Yeah, that we cannot put say repeat a- over the air. <laughs> but it was it was a happy version of it. Yeah, it was a happy. It was it was all happy salutations. But obviously, the Cowboys, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on in their war room, what their draft room draft board looked like. Mm-hmm. However, giving uh, the lack of depth, well, we had lack of depth in multiple positions on defense. But there, we needed we need to continue to build. Um, that secondary up and the playmakers that I thought were going to be there. And many people thought we're going to be there. They ended up being gone. Speaking of no one other than of course, JC Horn. And of course, Patrick Sertain. So that, that in my opinion, I, or at least my mock drafts that I did, my board was wiped out and there was, there was no other guy that you can get that early without considering, um, reaching like reaching really bad or reaching really hard, which of course could come back to bite you in the hand. Yeah. So they did what any other team would do. No correction. Well, yeah, let me, let me go back to that. They did what any other team would do. They traded back. However, they did some dumb stuff by trading with the division rival. And my thing is, I am a division rival. It didn't have to be a division rival. It could be just somebody in the division, a rival. 
from the division. The Giants in between both of those picks too, which is yeah, definitely. And, and it's it's strange because it's like either you one they either picked to trade with the team who offered them the most in return, which is of course with the Eagles, it was just a third round pick, which is fine if it's not a team within your division. But at the same time, I, I don't know what type of conversation went on with that or what type of what they could have done with the Bears. They could have made, you know, a trade with the Bears. But, of course, who knows what their board looked like. But, um, you know, what history showed us is they went with Micah Parsons, who, of course, is probably the best uh, off-ball linebacker in the draft this year by far. Um, of course, obviously, a lot of us were immediately uh, excited, and some of us were a bit confused and puzzled. Um, of course, there's no shortage of character concerns with uh, Mr. Parsons, but uh, a lot of folks will simply look the other way as long as he brings what he needs to bring on Sunday um, on the field. But, of course, we got a lot of uncertainty with the defense, but, you know, yeah, that happened. I wasn't too ups- I wasn't too happy about it until day three. So day three, I was like, okay, I'm cool. I don't care. And we'll get to that later. Or maybe we'll get to it. Now, right now, we ended up taking Jabril Cox. Uh, probably, no, not probably. The best coverage linebacker um, from college football last year, in my opinion. It's an Achilles heel for the Cowboys, right? You have uh, Vander Esch, you know, him not being agile enough to cover those, maybe the tight ends or the slot guys. Uh, Jalen and Jalen Smith getting picked apart. Yeah, uh, just it it was bad. Like it's obviously it's a de- it's definitely a need, but there's no excuse. The entire defense played well. There were some highlights and some bright spots on the defense last year. However, the guys who you your veteran leadership, um, who you're, you're anticipating and expecting to step up in big times um, during those big moments in the games, we did not have that. So, of course, with the Retirement of Sean Lee. There's obviously some depth concerns there, which I understand the Michael Parsons pick as well as the Jabril Cox pick. Um, however, I think those two picks definitely put the veterans on notice uh, who are returning in linebackers. So we'll see how that goes. Didn't they already decline Vander Esch's fifth year option? Sunday night at 12, I think. Right. Sunday night at 12 is when they decided that his agent, or not his agent, yeah, his agent reported to one of the beat guys here and the beat guy reported on it. So, I mean, that was fine. You can get away with doing a whole bunch of nothing and getting a fat check when during the Jason Garrett days, but it's of course a new sheriff is in town, so we'll see how that goes with Money Mike. So all I know with with I don't think it was the the Jabril Cox pick, but when y'all mm-hmm. picked Michael Parsons in the first round, um, Vander Ash was getting roasted. It was oh uh, yeah that, that rain flamed. That Ravens play got retweeted, and somebody was like, "Yeah, I understand this pick," because <laughs> that what it's. It, it, it's and it was that was all like that has been happening for years. Like replace that obviously <laughs> replace that quarterback with the running back. The Rams game two years ago, like we just get got the Browns last year. We just got gashed like so bad. Like stuff like that is not you know filling gaps, paying attention to your assignments, and just bad, bad, bad anticipation and over aggressiveness. So. Michael Parsons is probably one of the best run defenders that we've seen in a while. Um, but we'll see how it pans out seeing that we haven't, you know, seen him in an entire year since he opted out. Um, so we'll see how that works, but enough about the Cowboys, man, enough about those guys, uh, seeing as they are not in my top five overall, uh, you know, drafting teams this year in terms of value fit. And of course, I don't know, not reaching. So, right. We'll get to that later, of course. Right, right before you guys pick Parsons, the Bears selected their franchise quarterback, Justin Fields. He slid a little bit down out of the top 10 to number 11. And what was really, really funny, I saw a tweet, and I immediately went to the Chicago Bears Instagram. And, Dan, you're familiar with the little thing that's going around, like, Show me you're this without saying or how does it go? Like show me you're a fan of the Cowboys without telling me you're a fan of the Cowboys. So this one last was, championship I watched was on VHS, huh? <laughs> it was making fun of the Bears. It was like, show me you haven't had a franchise quarterback without telling me you had a franchise quarterback. And it all on the Chicago Bears Instagram are pictures of Justin Fields, like doing random <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Picture of him and his dog, like back to back to back. So yep. Um, we had talked with our friend Zach, who's a diehard Bear fan. He was 
he has said something that really stuck to me. And uh, I mean, we all really thought about, but then when you actually hear those words, you're like, dang, that is horrible. He was saying how, you know, throughout his lifetime, like maybe even the Chicago Bears existence, they haven't had a legit guy that they can call their franchise quarterback. Right. It's always been about that defense. Always been about the uh, monsters of the midway defense, black and blue. Run game. Right, exactly. And, you know, that run they had to the Super Bowl, they had Rex Grossman at quarterback. So kudos to them for making it. Chris Leak was on that squad too, wasn't he? Chris Leak. But like I don't a backup, backup. No, I mean, of course, not like a pivotal role or anything like that, but, you know, yeah, he was there. A lot of PT, but um, yeah. Justin Fields to Chicago, I think, is a good move for sure. They Absolutely. have Nick Foles still there, and they just signed – who's the other quarterback they got? Oh, I'll tell you why. That leads into a perfect segment. So, General Homeboy, can we can we just get just get into a little five minute segment real quick? Is that is that something? Or it's time for General Homeboy. Hey. All right, man. So if it was a task, of course, um, because one thing you want to do when you're talking about, you know, who had the best draft or who did the best or grading drafts period is taking into consideration. You got to let these guys play. Right. And before you can judge and see, you know, how well the draft went and how, you know, how well it didn't go. Um, But you can draft in terms of how well the team picked in, in, in terms of fit and value and, uh, and things like that. So put together a little sum sums for the listeners who enjoy this whole thing that we call the NFL draft and the process in itself. There are a few teams that did amazing um, and a lot of expert opinions. They did amazing as far as drafting. Uh, we were talking about picking a guy um, that's mocked to go a certain place or mocked to go in a particular order versus let's say you're picking in the first round, picking a guy that's, literally mocked to go in the first round by hundreds of professionals is great. But if you're in the first round and you pick a guy that was mocked in the third or fourth round, that's horrible. You don't do that. Um, So obviously one of the things I wanted to highlight was uh, teams that I thought did a great job of sticking to picking guys in, in terms of where they would rank it and their, their talent based on their tape. And then of course, team fit. Um, It's a very tough thing to do or no, it's a very hard thing to do as a Cowboys fan because we had so many opportunities to pick the guy that should have been picked and staring them down in the face. But of course they went other, went in another direction. Like I said, we could visit this podcast two or three years down the road and I'm completely wrong and that's okay. Um, However, starting criminals, number one, Denver Broncos, I believe. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to, General homeboy is going to, you know, Phone a friend, my friend being Deontay Epps. What is the number one reason why you would want someone like Patrick Sertain on your team when you're in a division with, I don't know, let's say a potential Hall of Famer in about 15, 20 years? I'll take this part away, Dane. So we're in the AFC West going against defending, or not defending, but, you know, he's a Super Bowl champion. Patrick Mahomes has weapons galore everywhere. So we got to be able to stop those guys. And mm-hmm. drafting a guy like Patrick Sertan that can play man-to-man defense alone on the island. Good, good man-to-man defense. There we go. Elite, you know, one of the elite college corners. That That's going to be a necessity. And with Vic Vangio and what he's trying to put together, you know, we already have Vaughn and Chubb coming off the, mm-hmm. the outsides, put pressure. Yeah, pressure's going to be there. Right, and you're, you're going to need guys to be able to cover. So we got Patrick Sertan to team up with. Ronald Darby, uh, Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller. Uh, the- you got some dogs on defense in that secondary too. So, and and that's the thing. That's the thing that hurt me the most when y'all went and stole my boy. Yeah, y'all had some other y'all signed. Like y'all didn't need. Like, yes, the youth. Yes, he's going to be in the league for a number of years. I think that's part of it. The two, the like- main guys that we have besides Sartan, we have. Right. Fuller and By- uh, Bryce Callahan, they're both on one year expiring contract. deals. And, you know, they're, they're reach. I mean, 30 in the NFL isn't like in it old, but, you mm-hmm. know, 
you want to try right you want to try to get those guys um get guys under there that are developing ready to take over full time which he could probably start you know but yeah. we'll probably ease in at the nickel maybe down corner but yeah we want to have those guys in place to take over if those guys don't come back next season so i could see i could see why we selected him but man yeah in the AFC West, not even with Mahomes, but, you know, Justin Herbert had a hell of a season last year. And, you know, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So we got to have guys to cover. And then you got the Raiders over there. So, <laughs> Well, I certainly, certainly appreciate your analysis, breaking that down. I figured it would probably be best to, to speaking with someone who specifically um, keys in on those particular Denver Broncos every season in and out regardless of how bad they suck at the quarterback position, which they passed up on Justin Fields, which they kind of told the public they were very interested in Justin Fields, but kind of passed up on the opportunity to draft him. But that's a topic for another day, black quarterback. Anyways. Discount double check. Let's go. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, pump, your bre- pump your brakes there, playboy. We'll see. I'm cool. Uh, that brings me to the second team. I think they did a pretty good job as far as sticking to uh, team fit and picking up guys of value. Um, the Detroit Lions. Now they've had some some lulls as far as their their defense is concerned. Um, so of course they went back to back picks. Um, we had defensive tackle, but of course my favorite pick um, out of that bunch isn't the first guy they took off the board in the second round, but it's the second guy they took off the board in the third round. Um, that's Aleem McNeil. So he's a defensive tackle out of NC State. He's a nose guy. He's going to plug. He's going to use that amazing, violent combo that he has, and he's going to help solidify, uh, get them out, solidify that defense, and get them out of the basement as in concerns of you know being in the bottom of the NFL in terms of pass defense and run defense. But there's your run stopper there. In my opinion, I would have loved for. The Dallas Cowboys to get a guy like that, a bona fide nose, bona fide one tech. So we missed out on the opportunity. You talk about nose tackle, and you know that's kind of what the identity Dan Campbell is trying to bring—the nastiness to Detroit. Um, not sure how much is going to work. It's a start. Um, you already touched on the 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 Bears. The Bears, they were my third team. I think they drafted pretty well. Um shocking. I did not anticipate them taking a Justin Fields, but they did so shout out to them. Um my only I we talked about value and fit and the only note that I had in that particular uh team for that particular grade was A D. A D stands for Andy Dalton. You watched Andy Dalton play last year, you know that man is not fit to be your starting quarterback. And of course I had the privilege of watching that man a few times last year because he was on my Dallas Cowboys. And then at one particular time of year, did he make anybody look better? Um, it, at no particular time in the year was there a throw or a series of throws, a consistent array of throws that made me go, wow. Yeah. Of course, that could all be just the Dallas Cowboys and the way that they run their offense, but we'll see. So in terms of, the Chicago Bears, I think it was a magnificent idea for them to move up. Of course, the, the dis- disagreement and disgruntlement of a lot of uh, Chicago Bear fans, it wasn't their cup of tea, but they're going to see pretty soon how special Justin Fields is, um, given that maybe he takes a he takes the back seat and sits a few games before he takes the, the helm of that offense. But they have weapons there. Um, they have <laughs> – they upgraded the offensive line. Uh, shout out to Zach one more time. <laughs> He's going to see homies. Homies not that bad. Homie is not that bad. Tevin um, James, correct. Yeah. I don't think it was his name. Tevin I think James. it was Tevin State. Yeah. 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 That was fun, though. Um, and then, of course, moving on to we, they're the butt of the, well, they're the butt of the NFL jokes, or at least they were. Sleeper pick in the AFC, man. Yeah. The Browns. The Cleveland Browns. So they had a number of good picks. Um, they had they already have done a very good job of consistently picking great guys. Well, they've obviously been picking in the top ten for a while. So I mean, you broken clock is right twice. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. They picked up my guy. That was probably one of the best linebackers. Or we don't even know what he is. Linebacker slash safety. 
slash whatever. He's just Swiss Army knife, and, and they he, have a pretty. Did you yeah, see? They have a, oh, what did you say? The report that came out that said why he dropped. Oh yeah, what was that? What happened? Oh, what I miss? Apparently, there was like a, a like a pre-draft screening or something, and they mm-hmm. saw, some teams saw some little heart issues and that kind oh, of like a murmur or something. I don't know if it was a murmur. I didn't really click on the link to see exactly what it was, mm-hmm. saying, but there was I read a report that said that's why he dropped because he was at least he was expected to go around. He should have been he should have been in the top twenty five somewhere because that dude that that's you don't get no you don't you can't build a guy like that you, not even if you wanted to right. but the I think he landed on the right team. I personally would have liked him to land with the Ravens because I would I think he would be like some sort of all pro down the, down the line because the Ravens, they know how to build defense. Um, so he'll be fun to watch. Of course, there was great value where they got him, uh, where they drafted him at. Of course, he brings a lot of versatility to the table. Um, and on top of that, there are a lot of young leaders on that defense. So we'll get to see them in action in the AFC this upcoming year. Moving along back to the AFC or well, still in the AFC, but specifically another division rival to the Denver Broncos, uh, the Chargers. I loved that they picked up Asante Samuels Jr. So, of course, they have they, – well, a few years ago, you could talk about them having one of the best secondaries in the league. Um, of course, we're a few years removed from that. It would have helped them a lot last year. It's certainly going to help them this year. They have a certified, bona fide dog in Asante Samuels Jr., um, course he fall he fell in the draft obviously because the same reason why a lot of people fall in the draft because height mm-hmm. my thing is if you can play you can play um if until it hurts you it shouldn't be used to, to knock you or nitpick you um he, he was a very 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 <sighs> intriguing guy I mean of course he has NFL bloodlines which is very obvious from the name so if he's anything even just a fraction of his dad he's going to be okay in the NFL um, which I don't think he'll have any problems fitting in. He has the work ethic. He has the coverage skills and he is not no chump. Um, so you can try to throw it up on him if you want to, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to back down. I think that's exactly what that charge defense needs um, at this particular time, especially when you're going to be facing somebody that could possibly a division that could possibly consist of an Aaron Rodgers. Right. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Um and last but certainly not least, um, I think they had a pretty good draft themselves based on, you know, position fit or draft fit um, and value, the Miami Dolphins. And we see the defense that they are building out there, Brian Flores, and we see the the consistency and the need they have for that special teams changer, game changer. And I think they got one in your boy. Um Waddle. So he's obviously, if you, I mean, you've heard of Waddle unless you've been living under a rock or something like that, but he is uh, a slot nightmare and a return specialist. So he can make it happen. He's electrifying. You know, those came back probably like 75% in the national title game and still was a problem, man. That's how, I mean, not that I needed more validation of how great of a receiver and player he was, but. He he solidified that for me even more during that game. I would have to agree. So, and of course, you already spoke to it um, earlier when we alluded to the reunite or reunitings, the reunions in the NFL, specifically with Jalen uh, with Jalen Waddle uh, meeting back up with Tua. So, I can't wait to see that. Um, and then. You know what they're doing. They're being very intentional. They're trying to improve that offense with some vertical threats. Um, so they'll have Wolf Fuller. They'll have Wolf Fuller back. I think what we had four game suspension or five. One of those maybe is he's serving the suspension. But you got to worry about freaking Will Fuller, and you got to worry about Jalen Waddle, like safeties, nickel slot guys. Good luck, man, because somebody's going to get burnt. Now it's going to be all on tour. Like they they put yeah. his around them and like. Ain't no excuses now. You gotta is he gonna be able to take that next step? We'll see. If he does, he's they're definitely competing in uh in the AFC East. Yeah. So until next time, not sure whenever that'll be. Um, your boy, the one and only general homeboy, signing off. It's time. 
for General Homeboy. Going back to to the, the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, his signing bonus. And this, this is going to be more in your field because we talked about this a lot. I am not, you know, very aware. I'm aware of it, but I'm not keen to the cryptocurrency life. Mm-hmm. So come to the right person. Number one NFL draft pick Trevor Lawrence puts his signing bonus in cryptocurrencies estimated were 24 million. This is coming from Bitcoin.com. But Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence was selected number one overall in the 2021 NFL draft by the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night. Six foot six, 220 pounder has partnered with crypto management and trading platform Blockfolio, where he has reportedly converted his sign on bonus to cryptocurrencies. He tweeted last week, pumped announced I've joined Blockfolio, excited to help bring these two worlds together. He also said, when it comes to my crypto portfolio, I wanted a long term partner in the space that I could trust. And before I get your take on it, Dane, Keith yeah. also sent us um, a clip from this guy on Instagram, Dorian Group, Dorian Group 82. And basically the, the clip is of Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets. And he's basically talking about how he rejected brand. his brand and he's trying to build his own brand. And he was one of the first athletes that I can remember that wanted his salary in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so I obviously with Trevor Lawrence news going, you know, having his sign bonus bonus in that effect, seems like we're seeing a lot of athletes and, you know, you've seen a little shift as far as, you know, the, the public, but we haven't seen a lot as far as sports and big time athletes making that switch to crypto. Mm-hmm. How big of it do you think was it that Trevor Lawrence, you know, made this decision? Huge. All eyes are on him. He's the first overall pick. He has been the coveted quarterback for some time. People knew that dude was going to be a star in high school. You've seen the zip that that dude had on on the ball as a high school athlete. There's no denying it. So with that being said, on the biggest night and the most televised event um, on that particular month, that particular day, um, as far as in, in, in terms of the NFL, when you make a move like that, you're not only setting a standard, but you're letting you're putting the world on notice. Um, and I say the world because crypto it's it's global. It's not one of those things that's um, that's focused on or paid attention only by people that are in the United States of America. But this thing is everywhere. Um, with the advancement of all things virtual and all things anonymous, there is a need for um, people to take a chance on opportunities like this, in which we've seen him do. We are seeing him do in real time. We've had Russell Okung, I think. Oh, yeah. He got his, I think, a portion or part of his contract or the whole thing is contract in Bitcoin. And of course, we've seen a number of other athletes going to follow in the same footsteps. And it's their trailblazers. And it's, of course, there's a, always a risk associated with anything um, that's not guaranteed. But there's, you're going to be looking at, they're going to be millionaires. Statistically speaking, they're going to be millionaires for the rest of their life. So that risk, they can take that risk. And I think it's a pretty, I think it's a reasonable risk in terms of someone who is not a millionaire. So <laughs> um, shout out to them. I hope this opens up the doorway for more people to look into it, do their research on cryptocurrencies. Of course, there is a lot of money to be made in that realm. And I hope there's money for everybody to be made. You know, there's money. There's money to be made for everybody. Yeah, there's money to be made by everybody. And it's not one of those things that you have to be secretive about. You know, if you have your uh, close knit friends that you can talk money with. I advise you to do so because this is one of those things that it's going to continue to blow up. It was something as small as, you know, 50, 60, $70 per, you know, per Bitcoin years ago. We're not talking decades ago. We're talking about years ago. And now it's something that's their value is at, it's been fluctuating between 55,000 and 65,000 
or 60,000 in the past few weeks. So it's only going to keep growing and shout out to all those guys who are passing on that knowledge um, of not only investing, but just the cryptocurrency world and including those who have shared and helped me along my way. And I've got a long ways to go, but um, any type of financial advice that you receive about crypto or stock, they're going to tell you I'm not a trained professional and two, only use money that you're okay, you're okay and comfortable losing because, of course, it is it's an estimated gamble. I put it that way. Right. So I know this is not like super connected to it, but it kind of reminds me of the NFT thing that's called. Mm, that's huge too, man. Right, and you know how Trevor Lawrence right now is going with this big deal, and you're familiar with the NBA Top Shot, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's I seen uh who did I see post a picture of their when they were looking at the uh selections that they had on the website. I can't remember who it was I saw, but I was like, hmm, look at this. I was like, ah, this is gonna be that's gonna be a thing. It's only a matter of time before it goes into the other sports. So I, I yeah. would be surprised if we announced it or somebody announced it tomorrow that it's gonna be NFL top shots or whatever they're gonna call yeah. it. Basically digital trading cards and you know i'm still trying to understand not the value of it but go ahead as if trading cards wasn't already a big deal yeah, yeah. those of you who are listening and you're sports fans and you have a few dollars to throw away whenever the nfl wraps up their um they're going to be doing their photo shoots in their you know in their jerseys and, and stuff like that in, in the coming weeks and those cards, those trading cards are going to hit the shelves everywhere. Your Walmarts, your Targets, you know, anywhere where you can get trading cards, Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, all that. Magic. Uh, if you're into Magic, um, shout out to Darius, D-Rob. Um, that's where you're, you're, you're going to want to get a few of those, possibly get them sent off, get them signed, get them, um, uh, get them certified and sit on those because there are literal – Luka Doncic's cards floating around from his rookie season that are worth thousands of dollars now that only cost less than 10 bucks because of who he has turned into. I mean, he's not who he's turned into, of how he has developed as a pro. So you just imagine whatever your favorite team is, whatever that first round pick that you guys got, if that particular player blows up, let's say two or three years from now, that trading card that you spent 30 cents on is going to be worth a lot of money if it has a signature on it and it's engraved, it's 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 encased in uh, certified plastic. So you, we got to get Eric to come on because that's what he's been doing in the past oh. years. Like he, oh. he go, he has a couple of connections at all these stores where like they tell him like, hey, there's a drop coming. So he'll try to go buy like the rookie cards and hey. You know, He's like, hey, Eric, I need this guy to play well, you know. Look, man, I got a $5 bill right here with your name on it. Come on this show. Of course, Deontay's going to see you that $5. Come on this show and drop some knowledge. Yeah. Uh, we, we would love to have you. Wouldn't we love to see that, Jackie? we love to see that. Right, Jackie? <laughs> right. <laughs> His name is Lee, damn it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's huge. I didn't know that. I didn't see I I was learning new things about you all the time. Like, and I did not know that. Did not know that. Had no idea. He's all right. I didn't mean to put your business out there. Well, that's Deontay. He put your business out there. <laughs> They're definitely into crypto and, you know, NFT him and well, KJ too. KJ, you know, they're, they're diving into it a little bit, but um, yeah, it's definitely the future is changing for sure with the NFT things, the crypto diving into sports, sports industry. So interesting to see where, where those things are headed for sure. Big things going get in before it gets too high. Buy in before it's less. <laughs> buy in as this value is less than a cent. Throw twenty five dollars at it today and check back in three years from now. Bam, you're a millionaire. <laughs> and that's not financial advice. None of this is. So, do your thing. Over the weekend, I want to say he committed like two days ago. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal's son committed. To- <laughs> not to be confused with Shaquille O'Neal, the Diesel, the Big Aristotle. Or Shakir O'Neal, Shaq's son, announces commitment to Texas Southern University for HBCU. Um, I think there was an episode, Dane, where we talked about um, not, I don't think we ever talked about the Dion hire, but in general, there were a couple of athletes that were deciding. Uh, uh, Mikey, oh, buddy. Mikey Williams was yeah. 
basically having the idea open that he could commit to a HBCU and to see um, Jackson do that. Maybe we're finally getting to that point where we could see more top players commit yeah. to historically black programs. What do you think about that, bro? I think it's huge. Um, not only betting on itself, but if you're talented, the scouts and the teams will recognize your level of play regardless of where you go. Even if you aren't going to college and you go abroad somewhere and you're playing semi-pro, they will find you. You will become somebody's coveted draft pick on draft night. It will happen. But shout out to Shaq. Shout out to Shaq's son for committing to this. The A lot of people um, that I've had interactions with on Twitter and on Facebook that um, either, you know, you went to U of H or met him at Sam or have ties to TSU or even Prairie View. They're like, you know, super excited about this because it's it's like it's not one of those things where he wins. It's like we all win because of it. Um, it's just that pride that's associated with. And it's not to say that any player that doesn't go to an HBCU, there isn't pride associated with. But it's just a it's just one of those things that you um, that the commitment they make, they know the the risk of going to or not going to one of those top, you know, three uh, basketball programs, you know, your, your Kentuckys and your UNCs and um, your Baylors uh, for, for that matter. So shout out to him for making that step. It's a leap of faith. And I think it's going to pay off huge for him. Um, he'll, he'll be on somebody's NBA roster here pretty soon. You know, and that's not even including the name. The last name isn't, you know, that's not even touching anything on that. But he's got talent of his own. He's a man standing on his own two feet. And, he can, you know, it's nothing cooler than that. So shout out to him, man. Hoping for the best for him. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's not the same sport. But, you know, Deion Sanders, that he just finished his first year coaching at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been rumors that Marshall Falk could possibly get the head coaching job at Southern. So. We see like these big time athletes, not even athletes, just big time names going to mm-hmm. HBCU sports athletic programs. We could definitely see a shift in um, those big time athletes going there and following guys that, you know, are trying to set yeah. an example, trying to push the agenda to, you know, hey, let's not forget about the programs that we have over here. Overall, man, it's good to see, you know, them pushing this agenda. Hopefully more athletes can. I mean, I'm not saying go to HBCU, but it's it's cool to like, you know, have it in the conversation. Be like, and kind of like what you were saying, controlling. Like, if you're good enough, they're going to come to you. Yeah, they're going to go regardless. They're going to they gonna come to you. Now on to our, not, I need a nerdy news drop. Like, <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. Nerd news. Uh, so, first, before we get into the, the Marvel... Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> the Marvel Sizzle Reel. Um, I got a chance to hop on the One Take Pod with my guy Dex and Royden, and we talked the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and so if you have not been able to listen to that, go ahead and listen to that, but Dane... We need to get your opinion on what you thought of the finale of Falcon and the Soldier, my guy. Man, I thought it was huge. Um, It did something I didn't know that it was going to do, and that's in terms of identifying the passing of the mantle. We already symbolically, we got the passing of the mantle, the name of Captain America. We got that in Endgame. But this set it in stone when we seen as the credits rolled, Captain America and the Winter Soldier versus Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So this was that was pretty huge and symbolic in terms of seeing all of the hard work that we saw these two characters put in, and the payoff was huge. Um, not only that, but I thought it was it was a moment of redemption for your boy, uh, great value Captain America, when he when he took the opportunity to say, well, obviously, spoiler alert, um, he took the opportunity to save those politicians um, in that van and you know 
at that particular time, we seen him take a back seat to the actual Captain America, the real Captain America. And it was more so him acknowledging, okay, maybe I can do this, um, but maybe in the right terms, maybe I'm, I'm not fit to be a leader, but I can lead by example as a follower. So um, I appreciated the show. It was very short, quick to the point. And we got to see some pretty decent fight scene, not decent. We got to see some pretty amazing fight scenes and some pretty decent, uh, some pretty decent bad guy motivations. Um, I just, I was kind of held up on Carly, right? Was it Carly? Carly? Carly. She was a terrorist, bro. Like she was a literal terrorist. Like, and they just, it was so many different opportunities they had to try to sensationalize her and make her seem human. I was like, nah, she's been past the point when she blew up a building full of people. Like, I we're past that. I mentioned that on, on when I was on the podcast with them. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't like the Flag Smashers at all because I felt like in a lot of the episodes that we saw her repeating the same mm-hmm. message, not even the one world, one people thing, but it was just like, yeah. um, we need to make them pay or we need yeah. to listen to us. And I guess I guess it because it was taking the entire show for them to actually do whatever they were. Right. Doing, we didn't know for since we, we didn't know what it was building up to. We just knew it was something. Yeah, and I guess I guess to get that plan in action, kind of was like, okay, come on, come on, get to it. It's like uh, 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 uh. right, but yeah, overall, man, I enjoyed the show. Six, six, like you said, six episodes, very political, of course. Everything with um, Isaiah Bradley and him. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam honoring him. That was a that very, was dope. You know, Marvel always going to hit on those points where, you know, it, it pulls at your heartstrings. Um, one thing that I one one more gripe, <laughs> and then we'll move on. Uh, I understand the overall message of what what Marvel you know was trying to portray, which I I don't knock the message at all, but it was something off to me about the final that. You know, after the battle where, you know, she's or, you know, Carly's dead and Sam talking to the senator. And the- yeah, <laughs> it was like two or three minutes too long. That scene. Maybe it was too. It was too long. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know. It's because if I was in news before working in news, but I know for. They would f- chop that up. You ain't getting that whole full segment. <laughs> that and, like, there's no way. The news, the news is picking up the mic, like on them that cl- like the microphones yeah. aren't picking that up of them talking in a huddle. Like I don't know, it's I, it's very picky. You said the, the acoustics weren't right, and you yeah. don't appreciate my, you don't appreciate that. I, I, like how everybody was watching and listening to yeah. what Sam was saying on the news. Like there was no microphone close enough to understand and hear what he was trying to say. What if they were actually tapped in? <laughs> to the mic that was inside of his ear that he was using to communicate with his team. What if they were somehow you? No, I don't know. You you got to you raise a good point, but I was in terms of speaking of the speech. The speech she was giving was a little too long. So. I agree with that too. Like like, <laughs> like I'm not knocking the message, man. I'm, no, not at all. Obviously, but just look, uh, we we get it. We get it. Yeah. But uh, today Monday. Marvel released a sizzle reel kind of previewing upcoming movies. Like it was basically like a get to the movies kind of hype because all these were movies that are going to come out in the theater and not on Disney plus except for black widow, which is, but um, previewing black widow, um, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings, as well as eternals, first Eternals, which I'll talk about that in a second, but, uh, we get the Black Panther name is going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, Captain Marvel 2 will be called The Marvels. Um, then we got uh, Guardian of Galaxy Volume 3 coming. Ant-Man and Quantum, or Ant-Man. Quantumania or something like that. Um, and then the, the only the logo for Fantastic Four. Yeah, that was enough for me. I think I got every hit on everything, right? I might have. Yeah, pretty much. You missed a few uh, things. That's all good. But first thing, Eternals. You know, I feel like Eternals, the cast is already crazy, but the cast is talented. Same way I felt about um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I had no idea what Guardians of the Galaxy was because I wasn't in the comics and I ended up loving the movie. I feel like we're going to feel the same way about Eternals. Like, what yeah. did you think when you saw it? 
I was amazed at how much they showed. I was like, holy crap, there's this. I saw my boy, uh, what's this? Was that Rob Stark? Yeah. yeah. Rob Stark? Yeah, I see my boy Rob Stark. I was like, oh, snap, I know that dude. Spoiler alert, they killed my dude up in Game of Thrones and he back. John Snow's in the movie too. And they yeah, he's uh, the Black Knight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. But yeah, they got they got some they got some dogs on that on that acting roster. Yeah, <laughs> they finna do a real good acting job. Word <laughs> <laughs> um, to Jamie Fox. Of course, Black Panther two, Wakanda forever. Like they set that up perfectly, you know, because they were previewing past movies, and you know mm-hmm. that part where Childish forever before Infinity War. Um, definitely interested to see how Ryan Coogler is going to, you know, of course honor Chadwick Boseman. Um, and, you know, give us a movie that definitely probably going to put us, you know, in tears for sure. But definitely excited for that one coming out next summer. Um, one one project that it's not even on here that Dr. Strange, that's the one you forgot. I forgot. I remember yeah. that. My bad. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Strange and Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man No Way Home. Godly. Yeah. Spider-Man coming out later in December this year. Here. So, you know, Marvel is Killing it with the with the slate, definitely catching up on a lot of lost time. Is there a project that you're most excited for out of the ones we saw? Um, Doctor Strange two, and it wasn't mentioned, but Loki. I'm looking forward to oh, yeah. Loki like crazy, like that. Tom Hiddleston. That's that was probably one of the best castings that we've seen in the Marvel universe. Um, period for me. Period because one, he plays a hell of a good villain, and then two, he plays a hell of a good instigator. And three, he's mischievous as hell. So that's, I mean, I'm excited to see what type of shenanigans he gets gets himself into. And, of course, what type of shenanigans he gets himself out of. Um, but, of course, Doctor Strange, he's my favorite from the, I guess, the original phase or the first, the first phase of Marvel. My favorite was probably Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, sure. He's witty. He's very smart. Um, funny as hell and then he just he was a straight up he was a dog like going toe to toe with a mad titan he's a dog human at that so my next favorite I think my next favorite guy from this upcoming phase is probably going to be Doctor Strange just because that fool's smooth as hell bro like <laughs> like he cold That's, that dude is cold bro so Kevin Foggy came out today and said that they it, he basically said, "Yeah, he confirmed it. He was that Doctor Strange was supposed to be in the Wandavision finale, which was yeah. like, dang, like it would have been so cool to see him pop up. But yeah. you know, we wait a little bit longer to see see him do his thing in Doctor Strange too. Uh, uh, so I'm not going with the same pick as you. I'll, I'll go with um, I'll go with Ant Man, and mm. just because if 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 they go visit the the city, Quantum City, mm-hmm. they were showing in Ant Man too. I think that'd be pretty cool to possibly see villains because uh, our boy uh, Jonathan Majors is playing Kang the Conqueror, so I think we'll probably get some kind of glimpse of how he probably came about, or what he was doing, or what uh, what uh, Scott Lang was doing in the what he said it was. Five hours that he was trapped in the quantum realm? Was it five or two? Five. Um, he's like, it must have been a long five years. Like, That's the thing. Time in the quantum realm is different. It's I was only in there for five hours. I was like, so what you what the hell was you doing? So maybe we get a glimpse of what was going on during the five hours that he was there. But you're absolutely right. We're going to see some amazing stuff. Like, and then yeah, so and Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd is a he's he's a dude, bro. He's a dude. Love Paul Rudd. One thing that I mentioned on the the One Take podcast was because they kind of were asking me about my general grade of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which mm. gave it a B plus. But I was like, man, overall, I'm just happy to have MCU content. You know, after yeah. a year over a year of not having anything with everything going on with the pandemic, just to have content, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna love it. I mean, of course, I'm gonna have some gripes here and there, but overall, yeah. I'm gonna embrace it love it cherish it and you know we getting project after project this year and next year and 2023 i mean 
being an MCU fan, you can't you can't lose. You're winning right now. Yeah. And just to piggyback off what you said, no particular piece of content that's put out by anybody is above criticism. Even this podcast. Right. There's gonna be plenty of opportunities you have to pick at stuff that we say that's wrong, especially Deontay. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, we're above anything because we're definitely uh, we're definitely not above criticism and neither of these entities like your Disney's and you know your your Marvels and all that good stuff. So they put out good stuff. We're gonna talk about it. You smell me? You got a problem with it? (laughs) You got a problem with it? Problems with you, not with me. That is another episode of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast, episode 43. Deontay Epps, Dane Beasley. Please make sure if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Review would be nice as well. And, uh, you know, keep rocking with us. If you're still here, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. You can check us out on all digital streaming platforms, as well as our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com. Oh, this is the Darren Sproles podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's number 43. Yeah, that dude. Ooh, glad he retired, man. <laughs> Whooping our ass every time we play him. Anywho, see y'all boys later. We out. Peace.